0: On today's show, we've got some big questions after the Mavericks 2-0 start. Do you feel better or worse than you did before the season? I got Reg Atatullo here with me to talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown On ah, the Mavericks. NBA He hit it! It's good! And the Mavericks
1: have won the game! You, if you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fails, away.
0: Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show We're making Locked On Mavs your first listen, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what's one question you have after the Mavs' first two games. Two games in. I've still got big questions. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash on Use the code all lowercase on for a first deposit match up to $100. And joining me now, weekly co host of Locked On Mavs from 1053, the fan. What you got for me, Reggie Tula?
1: I got to find something to fill the space now when you ask what you got for me. Like every day. It's just, every it's time. Just a- a uh, 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 guest sporadically, it's just like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to blow, blow right by that. Now I got to actually have something. I'm going to start getting like a fun fact or something. I don't know. You can. It's a fun fact. That's where the raccoon squad came from. We told that
0: story in Isaac's goodbye stream the other day. Uh, so if you want to hear how the raccoon squad started, go listen to that live stream. Delightfully uh, anticlimactic. I appreciated it. But that, that's what happened there. What, what, I, what, I've got, what I've got for you though, is I got two mm. dubs. I got two wins. I'll take them. We've got Love two. Em. We've got two wins for the Mavericks. Two and zero. They didn't come easy. They didn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come in blowouts or anything like that. They came in clutch games. But so we each got three questions that we're going to ask. We haven't told each other what the questions are. So some of them may be the same.
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for the overlap. It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it,
0: it will happen. But we've got three questions each that we want to ask about the Dallas Mavericks because they're two wins down. But they're two wins that you can. I can make the case that these are not two great wins, right? You don't feel amazing after these two wins. You'd hope that a team coming into this season with a lot to prove with two all-star players against a San Antonio team with Wemenyama's first game and a a really young San Antonio team and then a Brooklyn team without really a star. Maybe Mikael Bridges steps into that, but didn't have their starting center, didn't have Cam Johnson. Like We're we're, we're down a couple men. Now, my question to you, to start now. Do you okay. feel better or worse after these two wins? Are these discouraging wins or just encouraging that they got wins?
1: No, I'm I'm I feel better. Just and maybe that comes from the general uh pessimism that I carry within me deep within my heart. Um <laughs> no, I mean it's there's there's a certain level of proof of concept with a few things uh when it comes to these Mavs. Obviously you see the Luka and Kyrie thing work together offensively and then also a, a level of staggered minutes. Um, that, you know, allows that offense to continue to flourish. Now, of course, am I saying anything novel? No, that was the baseline. Everybody expected the offense to work. We saw a little bit of defense and particularly like defensive um, schematic changes that I thought was interesting that made it seem like they might not have just a certain set way of playing, particularly defensively, which I mean... It doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be better at defense, but I do think that there's maybe there's some opportunities to have different tools to throw at situations, which inherent, which I mean, imagine should give you an opportunity to be better at defense. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of other things that we get into. But those are the two things that came to mind immediately that made me go, all right, I feel feel a little bit better without getting, you know, hitting um, the really obvious one, which is Derek Lively looking like a legitimate uh, rotation player in the NBA. That's if definitely
0: that's definitely going to be one of my questions later on about about D Live. But
1: so I shouldn't have said it. I should have just let it live. Okay. No no no, cool. no, 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 That's what you call a tease in the business, mm. Reggie. Do you guys, do,
0: you guys do those on the fan. You guys tease oh, oh, stuff?
1: Only a few times every day. Yeah, I should for, be better at it. Four hours. <laughs> you <teasing. You're> something.
0: <laughs> going. Turn it on, leave it on, and this is what you're going to leave it on for. That's right. I feel discouraged after these. Two, after these okay. Two, I'm not okay. going to lie. I'm going for it because. I think that they, these two wins, having to come down to the end like this, it just it just reinforced. All right, this team is not going to come in and be gangbusters right away, and be be ready to go right away, have an identity right away, have no you know know what they are. And maybe I shouldn't have expected that. Maybe I should. But against these two opponents, against a young San Antonio team with Wembenyama, against this Nets team, they went. They made some some decisions. They did some things that I just didn't I didn't really understand. Par for par for the course. Sometimes, <laughs> like I
1: have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more.
0: But I think that the first game, like it, to to come down to clutch moments with Luka Doncic hitting that insane shot against the Nets, that the Luka Don flick that will just continue in infamy. Uh, I, I don't feel as encouraged by these. There are encouraging things for sure. Like I'm gonna be encouraged by you know Derek Lively's play in the first game. I was interested why he didn't play in the second one. Kyrie Irving's offense is something that is stood out to me. We haven't really had a good Kyrie offensive game yet. And if you're not gonna yeah. have that, then the Mavericks aren't gonna win a lot of those games when he doesn't play. You've had the weirdest Tim Hardaway Jr. first half and second half in both these I mean, he comes in the first half and he was good. Like I thought he, he's been good in the first half where he scores like what, 10, yeah. 15 points and then second half just makes such weird, dumb decisions that that have that throw off the team, I think.
1: I wanted to ask that question, except as, as soon as the thought popped in my head, I was like, yeah, but that's the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience, right? <laughs> One of the things that I found interesting about the Mavs this post or this preseason was that people were like, oh man, Omax and Lively are starting. I was like, yeah, those are the unknowns on this team. Everybody else, you kind of know what they are. They're known yeah. commodities for the most part. And Tim Hardaway Jr., what do we know? If he's hot, he's going to pull up shots until the game is over. If he's not, he's going to put up shots until the game is over. Like, that is the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience, and sometimes it happens in somewhat nonsensical ways, and maybe when you should (laughs) swing the ball. But, hey, Tim Hardaway Jr., you know what you're getting. And when it's hot, it's really good. One thing I am encouraged about is the play of Luka Doncic.
0: If you were worried about (laughs) Luka Doncic, I mean, he's... He played Wait, uh, he, sorry, sorry, Say it about yourself, Luca. <laughs> He's He has been amazing. He's averaging 41 points. He's averaging 41 points. Shut it down! That is insane to me after two games. Shooting 58% from the field, 11.5 rebounds, 8.5 assists, only two turnovers per game so far. That means he's only had four turnovers so far to the run this season. Uh thoughts on, on Lucas play so far, because if you're going to be encouraged by anything, it's, he came into the season. We were worried about the injury. We may be worried about his conditioning, but he's looks, he looked amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe it's j- I'm taking things for granted, but it's like, all right, Luca's back on his BS to keep it <laughs> somewhat family friendly. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 doing what uh, in some ways I expect of him. Maybe the expectations are high, but he's a superstar in this league, and I also don't have the wider definition of superstar, and he's a legitimate bona fide superstar. So those are the things that I find interesting. Along with that, and if you'll allow me to transition into my question, one of my mm. questions, um. We saw, I'd mentioned the rotation, how his changed a little bit. Yep. Um, and I thought that that was that tied directly with something that we actually saw for the first time, even though we've heard about it for years, which is the pace of this team. And it may, I mean, because he was leading the charge in some ways. It wasn't just, hey, Luke throw it up and the rest of the actual fast dudes will take care of transition. He was pushing the pace as well. And I wonder if, you know, the change in his minutes and the way that those are dispensed is to keep him as fresh as possible so that those bursts continue to exist. And that made me ask myself, does this pace actually stick? Because through two games, like it's been really good pace, and obviously we can't look at numbers because the sample is such that you know it's going to oh, be kind of nonsense. Oh, can't
0: we? Oh, can't we? <laughs>
1: well, we can do it. Aren't they like t- their top four in pace? If I remember correctly, I glanced so at the, it earlier. The,
0: the number to me that I'm looking at for the Mavericks, it with when it comes to pace, is the amount of time they spend in in transition. So mm-hmm. the last, all the way back to 2000. Oh my gosh, 2017 is even slower. Since 2016, we're, we're this is like the locked on Mavs era of the Mavericks. Right. Like ever since this podcast existed, I'm Mavericks pretty sure that's what everybody in the team calls it too. Yeah, the locked that's, on Mavs era. Yeah. like you know th- that's that's pre locked on Mavs that that season wasn't it? Like mm. you, go, you go back to that. <laughs> since then, they've been 30th or 28th or 29th in pace in the the transition opportunities they get on offense.
1: And in some of those years, they told us they were going to play fast.
0: Right. It's either been 10%, 11%, 13%, 12% of the time they play in base. And so I'm looking at each of these games and I'll say, I'm saying, okay, how much of the time did they did they push the pace a little bit? First game, 16%. Awesome. They pushed it. They, they pushed it forward. Guess what the last game was? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Nine. 9%. Nine I did not think that they played faster against the the Nets. I thought that I didn't think I didn't see a lot of times when they pushed the pace. You saw it in the first one where Luca was throwing the hit ahead passes. You saw, you saw Luca running in transition. You saw guys push the pace, but I don't think they did it against the Nets very often. Part of that is because the Nets made so many dang shots and they made so many threes that it's hard to push the pace a lot if you're not getting as many stops and you're not getting as many uh, like you're not getting as many opportunities the other way. So coming up, let's talk about how they get that pace how they push that pace going forward. How can they do that when they're playing against a smaller team and all that? Do they have to keep that up? So we'll talk about that. And then I got a question about Kyrie. What's going on with Kyrie? Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go to prize picks right now. And all you have to do is pick two to five players and more or less on their projections. It's a fun game where you can do all kinds of stuff. For example, they've got, uh, this let's let's do this one. Let's do Boston versus the uh, Boston versus the Wizards. Jalen Brown, more or less nineteen and a half points for him. Let's say I pick the pick more for him. I pick Jason Tatum, twenty four and a half. Give me more on that one too. And then I'm gonna go. I wish I could do Jordan Poole field goal attempts, but I'm just gonna do Jordan Poole uh, 20, 22 and a half. I'm going to go less on that. And so I'll pick more on both the Celtics. If I put down 20 bucks, I can win 45 on that right now. If I put down a hundred, I can win 225. If I go to the power play that can get me all the way up to 500 bucks. You can play that. You can do it with NFL. You can do it with MLB, with the World Series. You can do it with NBA. All kinds of different stuff. Doesn't have to just be points either. Go to prizepicks.com slash and you can get a first deposit match up to $100. So, again, go to prizepicks.com slash in NBA. Use the code locked NBA for first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com. Take- Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to support the show, get a text from me on Maps Rumors, watch film with me. I watch the fourth quarter of the Mavs Nets game, and I'll I'll pause stuff, I'll point out stuff that I notice, the lack of transition opportunities. I'll point all that stuff in the uh, in the video. Subscribe to the subtext, click the link in the description, and get text straight to your phone. All right, Reggie, let's get into. transition opportunities so i thought we saw them in the first game according to the numbers we didn't see them in the second game what's what's the difference to me is it just intentionality
1: um i think that you you hit one of the big ones which is i mean you get the ball out of the bucket you know now the transition isn't quite the same um i it might be um because like i mentioned earlier this is one of those things that At the beginning of the season, we talk about and it's it's one of the things that's a focus and very quickly can fall by the wayside because it takes a lot of effort to continue to do that. And obviously, um, you know, you have different personnel in some of these situations. Um, But I'm intrigued on seeing if it continues because these first two games feel kind of I don't want to call them abnormal necessarily, but they were kind of specific situations. We understand why San Antonio was in particular. The Nets not having their starting big and basically playing. Uh, what felt like five out most of the game they and did. so um i think that those things kind well, of shifted the they way played, that they played four and a half played. out they played four <laughs> and a half out
0: with ben simmons as the half it was, it was kind of out
1: i don't even know where to start when it comes to ben simmons he's nowadays. a center
0: he's playing he's playing the Jokic role just like a really bad version of it
1: i was like is he though okay he tried he got and he I'll took he his, took the tip he it. took the tip ball and, just like and tri- that's what <laughs> determines what's the center that's, that's right absolutely finish.
0: I think some of it is intentionality. I think you just—it's got to be a, a thing. I go back to, in in practice one day, I asked Maxi, said, "What do you guys have to do to push this pace?" He goes, "Get the rebound, push it ahead," and then he stopped and was like, "Do you want me to say anything else?" <laughs> because it's kind of it, like it, it is on it is on them to make the decision, and it, it goes back to I think it goes back to Luca and old habits where he's got to trust the guy he's kicking ahead to. And I'm not sure that the Tim Hardaways, the, you know, the Josh Green, the Derek Jones Jr., like I'm not sure that those are the guys that he's gonna trust to kick ahead to. And he's just gonna wanna slow it up and and get a good shot out of it. And so I also
1: wonder how much the Derek Lively factors in. Cause Derek Lively, when he gets those boards, he seems very content to push it out. And obviously you mentioned didn't play as many minutes. Um, so getting getting those rebounds and then sending them out, you have to be have a willing passer as well.
0: It's two games, so we'll, the sample size is not big. But it, it was it looks better in game one. It didn't look as good in game two. So that's where we are with pace. All right, I'm going to ask my next question about Kyrie Irving. Yes, sir. What's going on with Kyrie Irving? That question could be asked in a multitude of different ways. Yeah, I was like,
1: where are we going to start?
0: Just to, just to look at his, he's averaging 19 and a half points, six assists, shooting 39% from from the field, 17% from the three point line. He's only got one turnover. Uh, A game, so he's only had two turnovers so far. Right now, his plus minus total on the season is minus six. So the Mavericks have lost the minutes that he's played so far. What are your initial thoughts on Kyrie Irving starting the season? Why is his offense not there?
1: Um, the thing that I've noticed, and it's funny because he obviously Luca and Derek Lively have an incredible um understanding and you know feeling between themselves. I watched pick and roll with him and um with Kyrie. And Derek Lively the second, and it didn't quite look the same. It, I mean, mm. obviously, it, it, they managed it right. It's a big target, all these things, but it didn't quite look clean, and it felt like all the pick and roll looked a little clean and f- or a little messy. Mm. Um, and then all, all the pick and roll, when it came to actual rollers, pick and pop, it just anything screen related felt a little off. It just feels like the, the you know he hasn't found his his uh, rapport with everybody on the team, which is weird because obviously they had the games towards the end of the season, but this is where we talk about it taking time. It feels like you still haven't added that much time on this. When you consider he played, he's played what three games at this point Um, to be. So we've added three games to what was last season. Of course, there's practices and so on, but I I still don't believe that to be a ton in addition to what we already had seen. So I think that some of that is going to be an adjustment. Now the actual shooting. Now uh, he mentioned himself, I think in post game, on friday is just he's he's missing short and so he's gonna get himself in the gym and obviously i i see missing short and i'm like oh that's a leg situation and he seems to be feeling somewhat similar so i think that that's the shooting portion of it and then the other component of it is he it felt like the movement on the floor is just not quite exactly um they're not quite exactly dialed in with each other uh on the floor at least when it comes to Kyrie in particular
0: there's been a couple of finishes like, and he's still averaging 20 points a game, <laughs> six assists. So like, he is still getting stuff done. But shooting 40% from the field, 17% from three, like that's just not the really efficient Kyrie we've been used to at this point. I think to me, his lack of offense has just been maybe luck, but just like yeah, like you said, it, it's short on some of his threes. He's shooting one for 11 on three point attempts that are 25 to 29 feet, which is just like a little bit like three point lines usually like uh like 20, between 20 and like 23 24 feet. So just a little bit farther back. He, he's just not he's not hitting those shots yet and once he starts hitting those shots, it's different. And that takes him from the 19 points a game that he's averaging right now to the you no know, 27 28 29 that we expect from him. I feel like that is the big difference, but that's like 9 points. That's like 9 points. The Mavericks really need those 9 points. And they need him to be able to hit those. And if he does hit those, maybe these games become a little different and they aren't as as close down the stretch. Uh, at, at this point, he's also only getting two and a half free throw attempts per game so far, which I think getting to the line is going to be helpful for him. He avoids so much contact at the rim. He just can, he can finish so well. And we, some of the finishes haven't been there exactly. Like he'll get the, it'll be on the rim and then spin around and fall. But he, I wish he would just take a little bit more contact at the rim on these instead of just trying to like, like maneuver
1: around so that he it misses the contact and gets the ball in. That's got to be like 15, 16, 17 years of conditioning though at this point. I don't oh, know how much sure. you're going to change that in particular. And also like in, in as I think about it, they played what two very athletic teams. Um so I think the driving yeah. was just a little bit a m- little bit different when it came to not to say that like there's going to be teams that particularly stop Kyrie, but it seemed to be a little bit more labored than it normally would uh would be rather.
0: Yeah, he's not getting the the like the wide open stuff to the rim really. He's not getting uh He's not beating guys off the dribble with the the smaller team in the Nets and the you know the, the younger guys with the Spurs, I guess. And then Wembenyama
1: just behind him. <laughs> did you notice the change in the game? And it feels like really stupid to say, but did you know the change in like what it felt like the Mavs demeanor was when Vic had got like that fourth and then the fifth foul and just like the game opened up for them in a way? It almost felt like constantly during the game, since that, Ky- that Kyrie Mitty got blocked, they were like, all right, but we always have to look out for where is Vic? Where is he sure. on the floor? And so, I, I, I mean, I wonder how much that also factored in, being the dude who had blo- got blocked in that instance.
0: Well, and Kyrie got, a, Kyrie got a jumper blocked in the first quarter, which was just yeah, unheard of, like a, a mid-range jumper from Kyrie. Like, you have to, like, all of a sudden, you get a mid-range jumper that Kyrie, who's played so much basketball, thinks, I can get this shot off. No, he, he, did, he couldn't. <laughs> like he couldn't get that shot off. And all of a sudden, you have to recalibrate every yep. shot you take with that guy on the court.
1: Yeah, Vic, Victor's gonna come out and change your entire perception of basketball. At this and point. they let
0: him roam too. Like he plays the four. He plays the four. They got yep. Zach Collins back there, Handcuff him so, to
1: Zach Collins. And
0: the Mavericks started Derek Jones Jr., so he's on Derek Jones Jr. and just like roaming wherever he wants. And even even when he's on Josh Green, he can still close out quick enough to that, like. That's gonna be a problem for a lot of teams. Him just roaming around the place, and and you you having one guy that's maybe a shaky three point shooter out there.
1: You mentioned one of my questions, or at least uh, one of the people, the focuses of it, which is like, what is the desired effect with Derrick Jones Jr.? Because Mm. like, he's very clearly one of a short rotation of what, eight, nine that uh, Jason Kidd has felt comfortable with early. And he feels really comfortable. And I'm wondering what the desired effect is besides just... I think if if you go with a very basic, um, you know, interpretation of it, it's like, oh, clearly he believes Derrick Jones Jr. is his best perimeter defender. And so he wants him on the floor. That's what it feels like. It's like he wants him to be though, right? Like, it
0: feels sure. like he, Because he's finished the game, both games with Josh Green. Right. Instead of Derrick Jones Jr. Like we see Derrick Jones Jr. at the beginning and then we don't see him pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, the but, game
1: told you some things as well in both of those okay. instances.
0: They also, I feel like they, they want him to be, you know, like a lob threat type guy, but they don't look that way at all. Or even try, like he doesn't even set screens and roll for it for anybody. Cause probably because well, the screens aren't effective.
1: Yeah. That, that yeah, too. he's, he's, he's a wiry dude. And I, I <laughs> have to go back and look, I know that, uh, especially with Chicago, he played a good amount of five, but I want to see how much actual pick and roll five. It was in because um, he did not look all that comfortable setting screens or maybe there just wasn't uh, enough familiarity, but like it seemed like and I think I texted you this is like, are they kind of trying yeah. to use him as a pseudo five and I saw those screens and they just weren't effective is one of the things that I saw specifically with Kyrie was that, all right, set the screen and then nothing happens. And now we wasted three, four seconds with whatever that was. Um, and so it just made me wonder, like, what is the desired fit here? Because they're trying to do some interesting stuff. And I just don't know that it's actually going to be beneficial for him. They're also
0: not using him to kick out to in transition, right? Like we want them to push ahead. You talked about the pace earlier. so They're not really doing that either with him. And so then it's like, all right, are we just using him as a catch and shoot? What we normally use our wings for the red, the Reggie Bullocks, the Dorian Finney Smiths, the grant, well, you know, like, are we just using him for that? Cause that's not what he's good at. And so then all of a sudden you're not using him to do his skills, and then he becomes less effective. You still get the length on defense. And I think that's been been helpful, but uh, I still think Josh should should start and play more. And <laughs> Probably, I don't, yeah. Um, so the, my my answer to your question: What's the desired effect of Derek Jones Jr.? I don't know that we're getting it right now.
1: I, I, we, if we are, then you need to change your desires. Um, but Hey man, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the, the head coach that, you know, of these Mavs is Jason Kidd. He likes throwing things out there and early on, it seems like he's definitely using this as a laboratory uh, environment for him coming up is
0: Derek lively. The seconds roll closer to what we saw against the Spurs or closer to what we saw against the nets. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has a new customer deal. $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks for any team. If your team wins on the money line, go check it out. See what they have on FanDuel. Let's let's check out what the money line is right now for the Rangers. Rangers, game three. Rangers are a one-and-a-half point favorite in that game in Arizona, which is it's kind of wild to me. You can put down, uh, it's, a, it's minus it's 112 for the money line right there if you want to just bet the Rangers win on that. So you can check it out. The over-under, is that is nine? I don't know how baseball betting works, but you can go check out the money line on that. 100, minus 112 on the Texas Rangers, and you can put down... Uh, $5 get $150 in bonus bets if you're a new customer on the money line. Again, check it out. FanDuel.com slash on. It's not just baseball, they have all kinds of NBA action, all kinds of NFL action as well. Check out some of the Cowboys stuff coming up. Check out some of the Mavericks stuff. They have uh, finals, odds, awards, odds, all that kind of stuff. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
1: Explain yourself. Sorry.
0: All right, Reggie. We're asking each other questions about the Dallas Mavericks season so far. We've talked about Kyrie. We have talked about Luka. We talked about the effect, the desired effect of Derek Jones Jr. Whether we're whether we're getting it or not. My next question for you, and my last one: Why didn't Jason Kidd play Derek Lively much in Game Two versus Brooklyn? Is are we getting closer? Are the role is the role we're going to see closer to what we saw against San Antonio or against the Nets?
1: That's a great question. Um, I would hope that it's closer to what you see against San Antonio. Like it's, it's very clear the impact that he has, um, in a game when it comes to, um, obviously the obvious ones, the pick and roll threat as particularly as a, a lob threat and the ways in which it puts a, a defender in, you know, a real decision making situation. Um, but then also the talking on defense, the energy, those types of things are undeniable. I wonder, again, if this is one of those situations where it's Jason Kidd having hal- trying to add things in his tool bag um, and feeling like having other things to throw out there because we it was a very clear size uh, discrepancy when it came to the Brooklyn Nets not having Nick Claxton. Um, they were playing Dorian Finney-Smith at the 5 sometimes, right? I wonder if he felt more comfortable... Uh, with Dwight Powell's navigation. Um, and I, I wonder if he went hot hand theory as well. Cause Dwight obviously kind of caught a little bit of fire including in hitting a three, which you I say, don't because under- he hit the one three. Look, sometimes I, <laughs> I don't get to make the rules, but it felt like he was on fire. So that's what I'm going to say. He's on uh, fire. He's right. hitting up. He's hit at the one. Right. Uh, so I, again, this two game sample makes it kind of tough. Cause are we, are we hype, uh, hyping on the, um, on the anomaly or is this going to be indicative of something? Uh, but I, I feel like the way that they've tried to kind of get, you know, talk about this is Derek Lively is probably going to start although they didn't name him particularly. We kind of saw through and then obviously getting him an opportunity to get closing minutes. I think that more, more often than not, they they're probably going to depend on him, especially because defensively he matters. And we know this coach cares a lot about defense.
0: I went back and I watched Lively's minutes against Brooklyn. Because I wanted to see, okay, did they see it was a disadvantage when they had lively in there and just decided to go like to take him out because he was hurting them? Or did they just see the advantage in having having the the switchability? Because that, that that's what they wanted. They wanted to be switchier. They wanted to have the switchability they did switch of, of, of yeah. Maxi and Dwight, and they decided to do that and decided But watching Lively's defense like even when Lively switched, I thought that he was fine. I thought you didn't you, you weren't disadvantaged playing lively out there. With his defense and then his lob threat did add an advantage where the Mavericks are able to go to that, take advantage of of him at the rim with a Ben Simmons or a Dorian, like you said, defending him at the five, like they, he had an advantage there and hit four shots and even hit a hook shot on a post, which was, I was like, let's go (laughs) give let's get more of that on that post up. And so uh, the other thing I, I I take away from what Jason Kidd said after the game was, you know, lively hadn't lively, hasn't seen almost went to Jason Kidd voice. You know, <laughs> but you just got you just got to get like real quiet and yeah, like, real soft. You know, lively hasn't seen that kind of a a setup in a smaller team, more athletic. You know, they got wings out there, does out there. We know him really well here, and so like that's, that's a solid ha- seven, I think. I think but if yeah, but if he hadn't seen it, then what, like I didn't see anything in at least what I watched again. That was, a disad- that was a disadvantage, and I don't think they got an advantage not playing him either.
1: Um, can, I, can I do the thing, being a radio guy, where I tie this into another sport? Shout out to the Texas Rangers. <laughs> oh, here, I think, oh,
0: here we go. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I think that this is, might be, in some ways, and I'm going to praise Jason Kidd's head coaching. Just hold, hang on. Um, I think that some of this, yeah, I see your face. Uh, I'm trying. Just stick with me. Hopefully it works at the end, and if it doesn't, <laughs> you can tweet me or something. Um, I, I think it's like what uh, Bruce Bochy has done with the Rangers, where He's stuck with some guys, even though in situations it's like, this doesn't quite make sense. This doesn't feel expedient in the moment. But I, I wonder if some of this is like managing the people. Is like you need to make sure the guys know, hey, you're still in here. And if I need to call upon you, I'm going to call upon you. And so like there's a level of managing actual human beings and not assets as we try and make them sometimes. And I wonder if some of this is just, hey, Dwight, I know you see all these other centers that we brought in and how we talked about all postseason or all off season that we need to bring in centers and you play center. That was your position. Understand you're still a part of this and we need you. And so I wonder how much that factors in or if I'm just doing some level of, you know, outside thing where I'm trying to build this up. But I also I, I wonder how much that factors into the decision making process.
0: Yeah, I gave him credit after the first game because he, he didn't start lively and he wanted to keep him out of that crazy energy filled fast first quarter that they played because he didn't want him to pick up fouls. And I was like, that's either a genius excuse or a genius reason to not have started lively, <laughs> to not have started lively in that game. But, he, but at the end he saw his, he saw what he could bring and, and played him. Then in this game against the nets, he started him, but then didn't see the advantage. He played three minutes, the whole second half. And like you said, played Dwight Powell. I don't know. You have to play those games with Dwight Powell though. Everyone talks about he's a sure. consummate professional and, and right. all that. So you also can't play Dwight and Derek Lively together like that. That's just not going to happen. Right, and and, and, so, and you mentioned yeah, maybe like, some of that
1: switch switching was the entire defensive game plan. It was one of the things that was nice that they had that opportunity. And what it definitely did is it kept the Nets out of the paint, um, which who they did they did a decent amount. The Spurs did rather um, in game one was straight line drives, especially before yeah. you got Derek Lively in the in the game. And so making sure that you could switch and keep your defenders in front of them forced well. Oh, they didn't seem too uh, upset to take the shots, but made them take a whole bunch of jumpers, which they were going to do, but it, it made it easier on them to make that decision. So, I, yeah, sometimes I think it's just like having another club in the bag was, you know, the switchability, and maybe they liked uh, Dwight Powell to do that better than they did. Uh, Derek Lively, who it seemed like on screens, was just playing a drop.
0: kid also just does this, this thing that a lot of coaches do. He goes with known commodities and known quantities in a, right. in a tight game, and so he went with the, you know, Tim, basically Tim Hardaway played instead of, of Derek Lively because they, they went small and they decided to go that way. And they, he basically did that instead. And he went with the known quantity in Tim. And honestly, I think Derek Lively would have helped better, but that's hindsight. I got to see the whole second half and see the decision that Tim made and then decided to go that way with it. Did you now, have you more question? Talk,
1: yes, I do. But you want to talk about one person who maybe you do need to make sure that he knows he's in your plans. Hello, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um... <laughs> what happens you need to make sure that other
0: teams know that he's in he's in (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) um finally uh what happens with this team against the dominant big um and i'm Mm. i started thinking i was like oh man there's dominant bigs in the west and maybe there's not as many as i wanted to think of but really the only big that you faced that was going to play big is um zach collins and zach Zach collins is what like a passable rotation big in the or nba um, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's something to write home about, and I don't mean that as disrespect to him. But what happens when you start getting some of the bigs in this league that are going to really challenge? Um, what's what's that going to mean for? Obviously, Derek is going to be the you know the face of this. What's that going to mean for him? What's that going to mean for the entirety of the defense around him? Are they going to continue to crash down and do certain certain things like that? I'm just really intrigued. Um, for that samples or uh, that data set, once we get to those points in the season, once we see how this defense actually deals with bigs that can maybe make it tough on Derrick in the paint.
0: Yeah, there really aren't that many bigs anymore. I was listening to Zach Lowe on his show, and he was talking about Anthony Davis, and he was even saying like everyone wants Anthony Davis to be this thirty point, go get a bucket, right? Type big, and even he's not that. I was like, okay, well, if even he's not that, then there's really only two in the NBA. It's Jokic, and it's Embiid. And the Jokic one is is coming up soon, right? You look at the the Mavs' first five games, sure, right here, and he's coming up November third. It's mean, coming up at the Nuggets. That one's going to be a, a good test. The Bulls one is kind of interesting with Vucevic because that's a a big big that will also try to do some some post up scoring type things. And so I'm curious to see that he gets the he gets the like Derek Lively if he plays good minutes against the, the Bulls will get the like the appetizer to the Jokic the Jokic game. Like here's a here's a version of what Jokic could be if he wasn't as skilled and wasn't as quick and wasn't as strong and all the, all that. And then you get right. the actual one in Jokic the next game. Other than that, there's really not that many bigs like this. Like the the game coming up against you know Minnesota or against the uh, Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr's not really he's not really hurting him and, right hurting the, the Steven
1: Adams injury there probably saves you from a little bit and but, Brandon Clark my, Great point. My thought was just like, it, to be where you want to be in the West, because look, I I fully think of this team as maybe a play-in type situation. And to be where you want to be in the West, you're going to need to beat some of these teams that have some bigs. And so that was where my mind went. And of course, our minds make certain things bigger than they need to be. And like you mentioned, there's not that many bigs that you have to contend with, but you're going to face one or two. And so I'm interested in seeing um, how this team handles that
0: and we'll see it against Jonas Val- or against uh Nikola Vucevic, we'll see it against Jokic coming up here pretty soon in the next couple of games. Those are our questions about the Dallas Mavericks right now. So uh, tomorrow we'll be back, slightly bias will be with me for the Memphis game. Uh he'll be back with me on the Bulls post game as well. Mark Followall coming on Wednesday's episode. So a lot of nice. good stuff here on Locked on Mavs. Stick with us, subscribe to the show. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.